So welcome, everyone. Uh, we're going to be chatting about card fraud. And I'm going to have some folks joining me, Harold and Brittany, if you can make your way to the stage. While we wait, I will introduce myself. Um, so I am a senior manager from Accenture. I specialize in fraud risk management, as I'm sure a lot of us do in this room. Uh, and I work with clients across all different types of industries to solve their toughest fraud challenges. And with me today, I have two fellow fraud fighters. Pass the metaphorical mic to to introduce themselves. So, Brittany, did you want to kick us off? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Brittany Escher. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Quavo Fraud and Disputes. We specialize in using automated intelligence to bring products to a really underserved part of the industry, fighting for you know the aftermath of alerts and detection failure. So, you have fraud on your account. Now what? So our um, AI products and our platform really manages that post-authorization, trying to ensure that we reduce losses, uh, reduce expenses, create a better customer experience, and really try to provide that you know, holistically across the organization. Great. Thank you so much, Brittany. Harold? Sure. Hey, I'm Harold Paulson. Uh, I am the head of horizontal fraud at Fiserv. Uh, Fiserv has a series of fraud products across both acquiring uh, fintech and uh, our merchant biz um, issuing business. Uh, before that, it was ex-Barclays, ex-Ebay, and ex-JPM. Great. Well, we have a very esteemed panel here today to talk about what all the screens are showing you, card fraud. Um, so I thought we could kick off the conversation talking about threats. So how have you all seen card fraud evolve over recent years? And what threats do you see sort of emerging or on the horizon? Sure. And actually, I think we were going to try to figure out who's in the audience, right? So hey, how many people are here from, say, banks issuers? Just make some noise, move around. OK, I see some issuers. Merchants, do we have merchants here? Any merchants? Fintechs. Fintechs, we got some OK, cool, cool. And actually, what's wrong with our card fraud, the not so sexy billion dollar problem? What's the problem with that statement? Does anybody know? Some audience interaction. OK, because you're not going to be able to just sit here. We're going we're gonna to involve you. Um, <laughs> So first problem, it's not a billion dollars, right? It's closer to 13 plus billion dollars, right? So that's problem one. Second problem is it's sexy. So that, that, let's just get that out of the way. Right? <laughs> I'm glad we cleared attack. those things up. Yeah, important <laughs> to level set before we jump in. Just get that out there, right? <laughs> so uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about you know, uh, as we were preparing for this is kind of the card fraud has evolved over, over the years, right? So you think about in the past, right? It was a lot of counterfeit, right? You had a lot of uh, stolen card credentials. You had uh, black market for selling cards. And where it's kind of evolving is really identity fraud uh, based, right, where you're getting a lot of ATOs, you're getting a lot of lost stolens, you're getting friendly fraud, right, and you've got a lot of changing dynamics in how criminals are attacking both issuers and merchants across the card universe. And actually, I was wondering, like, because you're seeing kind of the, the outcome of some of the chargebacks and the friendly fraud, it would be great to 
go deep. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the piece that really um, has the biggest gap in information, right? So I think that the you know, threats are always going to be evolving. We're never going to get ahead of it, right? But how do you stay close enough to it to really understand or be proactive versus reactive? And it is sort of that data feedback loop, right? So if we have those, you know, bin attacks or we have, you know, an, um, you know a scam or something that impacts one issuer, the problem is that information doesn't get anywhere. So it sort of stays with that organization, and if we had sort of a feedback loop and you're able to take those events that happen and post authorization, bring them immediately as quick to real time into your strategies and your detection, and be able to share that information you know, using sort of consumer data insights, we're going to be able to you know, help the issuer body, the processor body, that much faster. You know, right now, we have a lot of data and a lot of silos, right? So you have information that's out there at the credit bureau, you have things that are out there in identity platforms, and we're really not using any of that to be able to identify whom is going to be, you know, sort of involved in either the fraud or, you know, the victim of what they, you know, what they don't even know is fraud, it's actually a scam. You know, there is sort of an obligation that I feel like we have to be, you know, we have to be responsible for providing that information to our uh, account holders to be able to arm them with some sort of knowledge so that they're able to at least understand or, or not engage when there is, you know, scams out there. But, you know, fraudsters are, they're, they're really good at what they do, right? So I think that there's a piece of, you know, how do we, knowing they're not going to read any of the, you know, the, the articles that are out there, you know, how do we help each other be able to get ahead of any of those events? And I think it's just, you know, being able to share information. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point, right? And, and actually, if you're here two sessions ago, there was some discussion around how do we share information, right? So, you know, to win in this space, you, you need to do a couple things, right? But one of the things you need to know is everything about your customers, all their interactions, all of their transactions, right? And you need to use that to rule in good, right? So when you when you make a fraud decision, right, you, oftentimes you, you kind of focus on how do I find the fraud? How do I find the fraud? First thing you should be doing is figuring out how to find the good and rule in what's normal for a customer and then look for the rest of it and say, well, this is not normal. Let me go deeper now, right? The second thing is, hey, we all have an incredible amount of data about our customers. Whether you're on the issuing side, or you're on the merchant side, or you're a fintech, right? You have deep understanding of your customer, right? And, and one of the challenges right now is how do we share that? How do we collaborate, right? Because criminals are collaborating, right? They're doing it all the time, but we're not. We're trying to fight the battle a little bit more individually. Now, there are ways that are out there right now around how you can start to share data, right? You've got 3DS 2.0. You've got some other things that are going on around pre-auth uh, messaging, right? But that's what we need to do a lot more about, right? So, you know, think about if you're a merchant, you know your customer. You know if they've shopped with you before, right? But on the issuing side, this may be a new customer to them, and they don't know that they shop at your store all the time. Right? How do you give them that information so they can make a better decision? Because we're actually all trying to ac accomplish the same thing. We want to prove more sales. We want to stop the fraud. Yeah, these are all really great points. And I think sort of jumping off of what we started touching on, the challenges in tackling card fraud. So we've really touched on sharing data, right? Data gaps and data silos. Are there any other challenges that you see institutions facing in tackling this problem? I think speed. All right, so things are happening very, very fast, right? Criminals are highly motivated, they're well-funded, right? And they're moving at speeds that are 
much faster than the past, right? You, you hear stories about how criminals are now using uh, GPT, right, and AI, right, in some of their attacks. So in order to kind of get ahead of that, you also need to move at speed. You need to understand as you start to see variances in, in your responses and what you're seeing and be able to respond very, very quickly and very accurately, which means you've got to, one, know what's normal, two, know what's, what's starting to go variant, and three, have the data to look at that in depth so you can respond. No, that's a great point. I think that there's this level of, um, you know, there's always hesitation with change and bringing in automation and, and continuing to sort of evolve what we can, you know, automate and decisioning and, and things that sort of make uh, all of our auditors a little uncomfortable, especially, you know, when we're looking at making decisions and how we ensure that we get, you know, our account holders their money back, but we're not taking the losses, you know, internally. And I think that that's a you know, really interesting part of the, struggle, right, the challenge, but also the, there, there is hope out there. And I think when we talk about things like chat GPT, it's this, okay, well, is this going to replace my job, right? What is this going to do to the organization? How is it going to impact my people? How will it impact my consumer, my account holder? And really, if we continue to, like, think about that in the reactive, then we're never able to use that to our advantage, right? So how do we use chat GPT with us and not against us? And I think that if we can try to sort of challenge ourselves to get ahead of it, right, we're never going to be at the same speed of fraudsters. But if you can't beat them, join them, right? So at least if we can be embracing it, then we're going to be able to put measures in place that can be as proactive as, you know, we possibly can. I think the information sharing always needs to be there. But there is this really interesting piece of introducing sort of um, our own uh, our own issues into the organization so it's like self-induced uh, self-inflicted wounds uh, you know we look at technology you look at partners you look at products and it's all really great until you don't do your proper due diligence right everyone gets really excited about that next thing that next product new transaction types and we never think about what that actually introduces in sort of vulnerability in the, the long run right and we've seen that uh, you know, we're not going to name names, but there have been some products out there that have actually caused more harm than good. And I think, you know, that's, um, you know, a little bit of uh, due diligence goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. And when thinking about being proactive and how important it is for tackling card fraud, what other things come to your mind when you think about leading mitigation approaches to card fraud that institutions can start to implement? So one of the things in... Um it's, it's, you know, and I mentioned before about knowing your customer, right? It's starting to integrate not just the transaction information in your decisions, but also all of the interactions, including how you onboarded them, right? So literally a cradle-to-grave understanding, right? Because what we're seeing is it's getting a lot more complex. You're seeing the integration of identity theft fraud into transaction fraud or in essentially enabling transaction fraud, right? So if you understand, for example, you have, uh, you had 14 calls come into your VRU, which all dropped out, right, before they had an agent on some account number. That's a risk indicator, right? And when you see a transaction come through that may not be in pattern for that customer, you need to be integrating that, the data sources that you have together, right? And I think that's some, a little bit of an evolution of, you used to be able to just use the auth data, right? If you use the auth data now, it'll get you so far, right? But now you've got to use all of the data you have, right? Including that onboarding, interaction, digital interaction, e-wallet provisioning, right? That all has to be combined together when you're making that uh, millisecond decision around what you're going to do next. 
Yeah, I think that was brought up um, briefly in the end of that last session. You know, there is a lot of information that we have across, um, you know, business lines and stakeholders in the organization, and everyone sort of operates in their card space or their ACH space or check and wires, and there is a lot of that information that is still the same account holder just across all those different products. And I think that, you know, if we're looking at how to solve things a little bit faster, how to mitigate that risk, it is gathering, sort of rallying the troops, right? Everything impacts everybody when it comes to fraud, but I don't think everyone looks at it through the same lens, right? How are we spending money in marketing to, you know, the cost to acquire all these leads that are potentially bringing in fraud into your organization, and then, you know, what do you do from there? Because, you know, now you've got incentives to bring those people in, and then they're also going to cost you money in the long run. So I think that that piece is really, you know, the sort of how it impacts, right? What's the true cost of fraud, right? What's the risk, and then how do we use that information and use that data to sort of create uh, a more proactive uh, know your customer, right? Or at least measures in place where you're uh, reducing the risk, right? You know, knowing that you have frequent filers and what does that mean? And do they understand what fraud is? Are they really, you know, part of the problem or are they a victim of the problem? Yeah, the thing I, I think, and I agree with everything that Brittany just said, right? By the way, did you say you were going to the dark side? Did you, were you flipping over to before when you said, hey, I've, you know, what if we were on the, the opposite side? Okay, right, we don't want Brittany going on the dark side. Um, so to, to what Brittany said, the other thing that's really important, right, is when there's fraud, is making sure you are accurately understanding how that fraud was originated, right? And then typing that the right way, because that's going to inform your decisioning, your models, right? And if you, if, you, if you type it the wrong way, you're going to get the wrong results, right? And what you'll see is, you know, for example, there's application fraud mixed in with transaction fraud, right? It's, it's actually application issue is where the, the issue originally started. That's, that's going to make your transaction model fire incorrectly if you didn't tag it the right way, right? So you've got to get very accurate in how you're measuring and monitoring your fraud when it comes in, so that way you can feed that back into your models. That actually is a great point. We we have this, um, you know, really automated intelligence um, res conditional response intake of when, you know, and when there is fraud, right, how do we ensure that we're sort of creating expertise in that intake process, whether it's self-service, so an account holder is, you know, really going through that process and trying to understand, you know, is this fraud or is it, you know, uh, you know is it a dispute? Uh, and then how do we use that questioning, right, that consistent uh, process and gathering information but then using data to enhance that, right? So going out to the network, going to your processor, your system of record, taking that piece of the account holder information, the transactional data, um, you know, the uh, really the holistic uh, approach that we have, as much information we have about who this person is, how they answered those questions, and how we're enriching uh, that experience with data. But if we're not asking the right questions, then we really don't understand what actually happened. So, you know, it's great to have data until you don't know what to do with it, right? Uh, it can look good or it can look terrible depending through what lens. And if you use it the wrong way. If you use it the wrong way, and you've got big problems. Hey, and we have questions. Wow. We do have questions. We have quite a few questions here. So just reading through these, um, the one that sort of sticks out to me is who should be liable for card fraud? This is something that comes up quite a bit in the industry. So I'd love to get your all's perspectives on that. Okay. So I am in a company now, I used to be on the issuing side, but I was also on the merchant side before that, right? 
I'm in a company now that, that, that has customers on both sides, right? It, essentially, it comes down to who had the best opportunity to stop the fraud, right? Who had the most data, the most insight, who had the ability to interact with a customer, who had the ability to put risk mitigation in place, right, to go find the fraud, right? However, I think that also means, you know, it's a shared responsibility, meaning if you've done a good job on one side, you need to do a good job on the other side as well, right? And I think you, you see sometimes where, you know, oh, I don't have liability, so I'm gonna release, I'm gonna, I'm gonna loosen up my fraud rules. That's not the way that this works, right? So somebody has to own it, and it's probably who has the best opportunity to stop it, but both sides share in that, right? And you have to have equal contribution in trying to determine the, the fraud risk. And the good, right? You want to approve these transactions, as many as you possibly can, and do it correctly. So, so I think that this, you know, it sort of goes back to, you know, a sort of a platform, right? A standardization across the organization. So it isn't a he said, she said, right? And I think that everyone feels like on either side that it is sort of who has more information and merchants feel like that, you know, the issuers do and then they use that to their advantage and they're always sort of on the receiving end of the liability piece, right? But it's expensive. This whole process is expensive, right? Whether it's the research and the investigation on the merchant side or the issuer side, you know, fraud has happened, now we have to use our resources, expensive resources that are harder and harder to find, and once they leave the industry, they're not coming back, so hold on to them dearly, give them great work, right, give them meaningful work, and a lot of all, like, you know, a lot of what we know to be fraud or friendly fraud, let's automate that decisioning, right, let's make sure that these people are focused on the right things, so you can actually have, you know, the better chance of recovery. But I think it, we use that data um, that's in silos now, right, from identity uh, platforms, credit bureaus, merchant information, merchant data, merchant collaboration, our issuer data. Now if we have that, we can be proactive across, you know, as a unit, right? If we're able to provide information to merchants about whom we know to be, you know, a potential fraud, um, you know, participant, then, you know, maybe they're able to actually stop that before it happens, right? Maybe they're able to reduce the risk that they're taking by letting those people into their brick and mortar or into their online experience and not actually, you know, have, you know, they're participating in it. So I think it's a collective responsibility and we should just reduce the liability, you know, across the board. And I think we can only do that by helping, you know, provide information back and forth. Um, love to see like some big sky idea, right? But, you know, I think we can get there slowly. Yeah, thank you both. I think we are at time. There's a lot of other good questions, so if yours didn't get answered, you can find us after and get it answered in real life. Um, and with that, really, thanks to both of you. You guys barely needed me. Um, but I enjoyed the conversation. I hope all of you did, and thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, thanks everybody.